This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yeah, it was a grind, right? I mean, we talked about it was going to be a grinding game and, um, you know, to, to kind of find where we're at. And, we, we you know, we, we thought we played good. We thought we played good in, in spurts, but it was a grind. And um, the positive thing is that we did grind. Um, continually kept grinding everybody, um, and we we're fortunate to uh, you know get it done. Is that four or five grinds from Dean in that thirty-second clip? Grind, 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 grind. And you know what's funny is it's a perfect word for that game because it felt like at the end of it a grind, an ugly win. But um, when you've lost what six or seven going into that game, four consecutive games mm-hmm. that you've dropped, you will take that win. It was ugly. It was uh, it was a game that the Flyers basically completely blew, but who cares because Dino's right. The Wild grounded it out. Hey, welcome in Feedback Friday. Mackie, one more day off. He'll be back on Monday, but, but Feedback Friday never rests. Judd and Declan with you. And Declan, I believe you have been charged with uh, playing the role of Phil this oh. week, and you have come up with the feedback that we're going to respond to. Yeah, we're gonna. We, we've been teasing this all week that we're basically turning Judd's hockey show into Mackie and Judd. And uh, if, if Mackie's away, then Judd's hockey show will play. It's kind of my kind of kind of my my thought process there. I like what you're doing. And thankfully, the Wild are coming off a win for once. So uh, there there was a, a positive spin for the Wild, who beat the Flyers on Thursday night. You can find Judd and I's post-game reaction to that also on this YouTube channel. But yeah, we're going to comb through some Minnesota Wild feedback here after that win and some reckless speculation from our listeners. So uh, let's start here. Taylor mm-hmm. says, because we've been talking a lot about Marc-Andre Fleury. We've been talking about the goaltending issue. But Taylor actually has a new name to add. Speculation. Way to go, Taylor. He says, I'd maybe see if we can get Braden Holtby instead of Marc-Andre Fleury. Flower makes me a little nervous in the playoffs. So Braden Holtby, Judd, uh, now with the Dallas Stars, a 9-10-1 record, decent numbers, GA of 2.7, save percentage 9-12, not the goalie. He was when he was winning Vesnas and Jennings trophies with Washington five, six years ago. But on yep. his third team in the last three years, the Stars have been middling, kind of meh. They've been hot. They've been cold. But he adds Braden Holtby to the reckless speculation list. Judd Zolgad, your immediate reaction to Braden Holtby being a potential target for the Wild at the trade deadline. Well, first of all, I love the thought. Like, I love taking our reckless speculation and upping it more which is great so i know that the new age thinking is yeah it's a trade in your division but come on that used to be a big deal it's not now and and you know what there's times i completely agree like the blackhawk stick so if mark andre Fleury gets traded to the wild or abs that's not going to bite the blackhawks in the proverbial butt that being said the Dallas Stars right now are making a run. And Look like that. look and look at the playoff picture. It's awesome. It mm-hmm. is jumbled. Um the fact is in Dallas, Jake Ottinger, who I believe is from Lakeville, has mm-hmm. separated himself and he is clearly now their top goaltending option. Braden Holpe very well might be moved. 
But Declan, are you going to move Braden Holby to a team that you are trying to catch and not just trying to catch that's like 10 points up, trying to catch that you're close to? I just, that's one where I don't think I would have any interest in potentially strengthening an opponent that I very much am, am expecting to, if things go well, fight for a playoff position. In this case, I don't think I would do that. That does not mean I wouldn't trade Holtby. I would probably prefer to trade him, if I'm going to, though, to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, Holtby is definitely the the backup now and is the two, the second option there uh, for Dallas. But I've I've always been against the notion of trading in your division or against the notion of it's you shouldn't be trading in your division. If Dallas can get the right offer, you should you should take that chance. I get what you're saying. They're close to them now in the Central Division. It's becoming more of a log jam uh, between fourth, third, and second place in the Central. But I, I, I would explore it. I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out. Um, and you make a phone call, yeah, for yeah, sure. I, I, I think it's it, it. I think it just proves that a lot of other Wild fans know that Talbot and Capo might not be the long term answer. And some people are obviously against Marc Andre Fleury, and obviously Chicago's in your division too. But Chicago's terrible. You know, Chicago, yeah, they're lost. Chicago's not going. Anywhere. And that's a rental. Yeah, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. So the I, Blackhawks are basically dead. I, I, I can I can get down with it. I, I don't think it's I impossible. Love the yeah, I I think it's I think I it's a neat one. I just don't think if I'm the Dallas Stars, I that I'm going to be trading a guy like Holpe to a division rival that I very much am fighting. And I also think that if there was going to be, and there was about, I don't know, three weeks ago, that Joe Pavelski might be moved. I'm not going to trade Joe Pavelski now. He's right. been really solid for them. In fact, I might sign him to a contract extension. So keep the ideas coming, though, because there's no way, if you're a Wild fan and you watched the, that grinded out game against the Flyers on Thursday night, there is no way that you feel comfortable right now with Cam Talbot in goal. Yeah, it, I do agree with that completely. That made me, that did nothing to inspire my confidence. Dallas is really volatile. They've gone through wounds. They've gotten hot. Um, yep. And that, that room in general, I don't know. I don't, I don't trust them to make a run. But they're really hot again don't. now, right? Yeah, they're, 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 they're playing well. Now, they're seven so. and two in their last, seven, two and one in their last 10. Um, but yeah, I, I don't there's know no if question. I trust them. There's no question they should make the playoffs. They should, but I don't they know. If they should will. make the playoffs. So I so I don't know how much they're gonna bail though on that thought. They definitely aren't part of that of that bottom of the conference subsets where just just trade guys. Yeah. Like don't hang on to guys. That's stupid. They have a decision to make. Triple A thirty three says if we can't make a trade for a goaltender, I'd rather have a one percent chance with Capo versus a zero percent chance with Cam Talbot. Uh, Judd, mm-hmm. if if you had to start the playoffs today, is Capo Cockton your your number one goaltender? Oh God, I think he has to be, a, and I don't love just that. But if you don't make a move, I mean, I'll just go back to, and it's not like Capo has been standing on his head of late. But when's the last time you saw Talbot play a game and felt really good about it? Yeah, not not this year. <laughs> like Capo started in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Now, he started in Calgary on, on Saturday, but that was a game where the Wild was just terrible, and I don't think Capo got support. But if you go back to that Toronto game, you know what? I thought I thought Capo played pretty well. Um, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw Talbot start and thought, oh, my, oh, he's on. Um, so, yeah, I guess I would. I will say this, though, to go back to your point at the top of the show. I just don't have faith right now in the goaltending. And I don't know that if you really have your eye on trying to win at least a series, that I would feel good if the puck dropped for game one and the current goaltending uh, a tandem duo, one of those two is starting. Yeah, and, and the Wild have done this before previous regimes. You know, they've got they got Brisgoloff at the deadline. Obviously, Devin Dubnik was the infamous one. You know, they've, they've tried this before uh, where they've gotten goaltending and it's fixed things. It's put a Band-Aid on things. I just... I'm in the market of goaltending can save you more than a center can save you. And and that doesn't discredit what a Claude Giroux could bring, or we obviously rightfully speculate about Thomas Hurdle on Thursday as well. Those centers are damn good and they can make impacts, but goalies, in my opinion, carry more weight and water in determining a win or a loss than a center does. So I'm, yeah. I'm curious what they do, man. It's it's going to be very, very intriguing. And uh, I do think that 
I do think that goaltenders also can submarine you so quickly. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if you are in a playoff series, first period, game one, you give up a couple of softies, right? Your whole team's down. Mm -hmm. Like, your whole team's like, oh, my God, no. If you lose a face-off or something, okay, you know, that's not great. But, hey, let's, let's keep going. But, you know, if Cam Talbot starts game one and they're playing, I don't know, take your pick, who, the Blues or something, and he gives up a couple softies, now you are, if you're on that bench, you're questioning the whole thing. Okay. So I tend to agree with your point about, like, if you can solidify, what do you solidify? Tyler says, if Cam Talbot doesn't get traded by the NHL trade deadline, which, by the way, I think is a very small percent chance, uh, do you guys think he might be traded in the offseason? Ooh. Yeah, I think, so he's got a year left on his contract after this year? Yes. Correct? Yes. Yes, I think the Wild might go in a different direction. I think I think um, this is the last season of Cam Talbot. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. And they are doing their best right now. And I don't know if this is like to get a preview of if they can count on him for the playoffs this spring, Dex. Right. But, you know, from what Dean is saying and from what Billy has said and from the fact that Cam was brought back after what was certainly not a great performance against Calgary on Tuesday, it's very clear they are trying to get his confidence back but that's also a bad sign Mm -hmm. and so yeah I think that there's a very good chance that Cam is moved and then my question goes back to where's the progress at and where is is uh Wallstead at because I think he's going to be here sooner than people think that does not mean that I think he's going to be here on opening night 2022-23 gotcha Uh, another one here from Hugh he says defense and a true center We'll fix the Wilds' problems for sure. You could have traded for Jack Eichel, but he didn't find a way to boost the lineup, and this could be another first-round exit. So Hugh kind of looking back at that drawing board of, number one, Jack Eichel being a potential missed target, uh, but also a defense defenseman and a true center actually being the fix for the Wild potentially this uh, by, by the trade deadline, which is less than now three weeks away. Sure. This is a tough one. This is a tough one to me because Declan, look what Buffalo got. Alex Tuck's been phenomenal. I love Tuck. So the package, if we're talking Eichel, and heck, we talked about this before he he got traded when the Wild was at one point prominently being mentioned as a landing spot for Jack Eichel. The package that goes back to Buffalo. I mean, come on. That's not a, that's going to be, well, let's go through it. Boldy. Right for mm-hmm. sure in place of talk. Um, yeah, well, Viala maybe even Viala mm-hmm. because of salary. Yep. Right. Yep. Giraffe picks. Do they ask for another prospect? Do they ask for another player? Like the thought of Eichel being plugged in remains a very attractive thought. Don't get me wrong, but I also Dex don't have an interest in mortgaging everything for that. Yeah. And and so the, the trade would be on one hand it's very easy to criticize and say Bill Guerin should have done more. And you know what? You might be right. But the comeback is, okay, what's the package? And and I guess at some point in time you need to make a trade like that to have the guts to do it. But there's a very fine line between being gutless and being foolish. Right? And so if the package was as extensive as we think, that might have just been downright foolish, too. I agree. Yeah, I, I would love to know what Buffalo asked for if they indeed did. Yeah, I, I would think. I think you can put uh, Fiala and either Rossi or Boldy as the two main cogs there in the trade. Those are the two. So not both, but you think one, one of the, two, the one of two prospects. one of Boldy or Rossi, but not certainly okay. not both. Fiala okay. would be the game ready piece, like Tuck. Um, and then yeah, it's probably a first pick with a you know future third or whatever, you know, the equivalent of the trade was with Vegas and Buffalo from the start. I think that's probably what you're looking at. Um, if, if the wild were able to make that trade. So would have been a lot. I I'm with you. I, I think it was still the right move for yeah, the wild what, not to start thought? that. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think the wild um, made a mistake, not giving up all that for Jack Eichel. And the fact Buffalo waited it out as long as they did and still got the, I guess, haul that they did was impressive. Cause I, I thought the Sabres Sabres as I like to call them the Sabres, I, I I thought Buffalo was going to be forced to move. Was it an RB sandwich? On. Yeah, I like to call them the R E S. You know, sab, sab, Yeah, the Sabres. 
Um, I'm, I'm actually impressed Buffalo got what they were able to get for him and getting good for them because I thought they were just going to be forced to move him, and they still ended up mm-hmm. getting a, a decent return there. We'll, we'll see if Buffalo eventually gets back to it. And keep in mind, too, the Golden Knights, n- not assured of a playoff spot. No. So it's not like the Golden Knights are now just taking off and, oh, my God, they're going to win the Cup. I, so this is uh, – that's a tough one because it's a fun trade. <clears throat> it certainly would have um, provided the type of center that this team desperately needs. Mm-hmm. But I do think that at some point, too, it becomes a foolish cost, and, and you probably wisely say it's not worth that. Reckless speculation. Trade talks. Juicy rumors. <laughs> Our guy Logan, who was on Write That Down with us, sent in a little uh, comment on the Score North app and said, with the Wild being smaller on the blue line, what do yep. you think of maybe making a trade for Ben Chariot or Hampus Lindholm? They are both pending UFAs. Uh, Chariot would be cheaper to acquire. And Sherratt, then, I think, is it? Uh, Sher- Sherratt, yeah, my bad. Sherratt, ben Sherratt or Hampus, um, Hampus Lindholm. They are both Lindholm, pending yeah. UFAs. Uh, Sherratt would be cheaper to acquire. I'm interested in hearing your thought of those two on the defensive blue line. Okay, that's an awesome bit of of reckless speculation that I respect comes along with names, so I like that. Here's my thing. And I think we talked about this on our last or two Judd's hockey shows ago, Dex. My issue with this one is I'm trying to, in my mind, by the day it changes at times, Declan, prioritize targets, right? And I'm not just saying players, I'm saying positions. A big defenseman right now, in my mind, would be great. And we've disagreed. Like, you're not as high or you weren't as high previously as I was. But I made it very clear from the outset, and it remains this way for me, that that has been number three on my list. So, like, I go, I have fluctuated between center and goaltender. Right now, I'm my more goaltender one, center two, defenseman three. So, it's a great suggestion. I agree that that is a place of need, but my problem is you only are going at this deadline, especially to give up so much, right? Yeah. Like you're not, you're not going to be like, you take Rossi and you take Boldy or you take this guy and you take my first round pick. Um, I think if the Wild's going to make an impact trade, which I could see them doing, I think it's going to be one impact trade. So you're not going to be like, all right, we're going to go get the flower from Chicago. And then we're going to get Drew from Philadelphia and then Ben Schrott. So the need for a big defenseman to me, especially when I watch the Flames, who just kick people's asses, and I love it, um, is apparent. I don't think it's moving from the third thing on Bill Guerin's list. It and certainly is not moved on Judd Zolgad's list. Sherratt, um in Montreal, and it's kind of hard to gauge because Montreal is an absolute dump, but but Sherratt has been miserable analytically this season. Just terrible. Yeah. Um, so is Petrie, who is also going to possibly be moved and is actually a good player. I think what we talked about with Flower has to be, when it comes to, to the advanced metrics of this sport, Dex, I think you have to keep in mind what you just said, which is if you're with a terrible team, it skews things. Because, like, you don't just become a horse bleep player. Correct. Un- unless you're old and you just are, are you yeah. know, starting to descend badly. But so it's so hard to tell from from the stats sometimes. Correct. Okay, has this guy lost his fastball? Or is he just on what is a, unfortunately, in the case of the Canadians, a loser of a franchise? Exactly. And then that's this is, a, this is where you have to blend both them together. You can't be skewing your perception on one or the other. It's when you can blend both them together. And I, will, I mean, with Montreal being in the dump and Sherratt maybe having a negative perception, that means, well, the cost might be easy to get him. It might be, might be easier to, to, to acquire him. Uh, right. But in general, Montreal's horrible. They're horrible. Question for you, Dex. When you look at those stats of, of players who have been good on bad teams mm-hmm. and across the board, they're mostly bad. Is there a stat or two that you look to for potential clarity? Like, is, is there a, a metric that you have identified or two where it's like, if this number is bad, it's a problem. If it's not bad, but the rest of them are, I actually can see that he's suffering from being on a bad team. Uh, if it's a forward, I, I try to look at shots and shooting percentage as something that I like to see um, because I, I think if it's 
if he's if he's putting up a lot of shots and maybe his shooting percentage is low, that tells me that well maybe he uh, is just being a little bit unlucky here. Also, his line mates, who is he with? Who is he playing with? Is are his teammates dragging him down? Because um, that's also something I think to keep in mind with defensemen. I think it's tough. Because um, look, like John Merrill and Dmitry Kulikov, when they were signed, we all thought, oh, okay. Nice depth, guys. They probably aren't going to make an impact. I know Merrill's kind of fighting it a little bit right now, but uh, yeah. but then you, but then you put him with the Wild, and in general, he's he's been better because he's in a better yeah. situation. So there isn't one stat I try to look at that that I I I look for. You know, goals four times is, is x goals four is is a good one to look at uh, with type of offense and defense you're allow uh, type of goals you're scoring and allowing. Um, it's all it's all relative. I think it's 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 all relative on on how you want to look at it. But I I think the problem with hockey analytics, especially the hockey analytics community, unfortunately, is now it's become one hundred percent tunnel vision of analytics, and that's, and that's how it gets to be. Yeah, but I mean we see that in football too now. Yep, like the, like this is what it says. It's like okay, but let's let's all let's all sit down and watch the game together. Yeah. How about that? And then and then we can examine it. I, I mean your statement from way back when which is you have to meld them is yeah. a thousand percent correct. And then they do help you, but yeah, it's just, you know, in sports, if you're on a bad team, you are often going, it's going to be reflected as if you have descended. And I think the problem with analytics is in hockey is there's other people are coming up with their own analytics. They're trying to put their own spin what? on a lot of things. And oh, I don't know about this culture. It's just, then it becomes even more difficult. There like, isn't what even, are they coming up with? There, there isn't any, player card ratings or, or offensive ratings or, you know, Evolving Hockey does a phenomenal job. I love them yeah. the most. They're probably the smartest ones out there, but then other people are still coming up with their own metrics and their own system. And now we have too many jumbled formulas going on and it, and it just becomes chaos. So um, I, I like analytics too. You know, I, I, know. I, I, I dig them, but, <laughs> I but there's, there's too many, there's too many. So it, it can be well. Can you be also have rubber. to watch the games. Like, watch like the damn that's game. The one thing is, just watch the, watch the game, and then use use the statistics and the metrics and all of that good stuff to sort of enhance what you're seeing. Exactly. Uh, West B one hundred and two says, "All right, would love a trade for Giroux and Flurry, and then call up Marco Rossi." Reckless speculation. I love the idea, West B, but I, I think only of, of those three names you but just listed, you know Giroux, Flurry, and Rossi, only one of them would be with the Wild in the postseason. But bravo, sir. I don't care. West B, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, West B. I, I love where your head is at. Like, who cares if it's completely wrong or it might be right? Um, all right. So, you're not, I don't think you're going to trade for the Flower and Giroux, although I certainly, depending on the price, obviously, would not object. Um, I don't think Marco Rossi is ready yet. And here's the real problem. So he might come up and if he's given an extended playing time in the regular season, he might be okay. Here's my concern. So the wild determined last year that Matthew Boldy was not prepared to play in the playoffs, which we sight unseen disagreed with. Um, Boldy then came up this uh, season after being hurt and being out and played extremely, extremely well. But against Calgary, Dex, which plays a playoff style, right? Boldy struggled. He flat out struggled. Yep. And and so I am not saying that Boldy shouldn't continue to play. And I believe that those struggles ultimately will improve him. But there's a difference between fighting through it and the struggles improving you and being thrown to the wolves, right? So I guess this is a long-winded way of saying, how do you think Marco Rossi would fare if he played in the playoffs this season? Because I think it might be extremely difficult with his size, with the time and space that gets taken up. Um, if you were, if you had concerns about Boldy in the playoffs last spring, I think you have more concerns about trying to play Rossi in the playoffs this spring. I think the only way Rossi comes up here is if it's by injury and, and the Wilder force to call him up. Um, Agreed. that's the only really way I, I see this going. We wanted Boldy to play last year in Vegas, but we, we kind of got a little bit of agar in our face that over these last few games, I know he scored a goal against the Flyers on Thursday night that he was exposed a little bit. And can you imagine well, if that was his first taste and, and if he had played in Vegas in the playoffs? Yeah. And to be clear about that, Boldy will kick the Flyers ass. 
Like he's fine against them. It's Calgary that concerns you. Like Calgary gave you in back-to-back games a blueprint of what you're going to see in a real playoff series. Mm-hmm. Um, the Flyers, I'd play them all, all day long. <laughs> the fact that the fact that they allowed the Wild to win that game is a is a, a gift to the Wild. But yeah. So I just think that the Rossi thing is, I think he's going to be very good. I think that at some point in time, he's going to absolutely pop. But I also can see the Wild's concern. And if they had, if they had concerns last season about Matthew Boldy, there's no question those concerns are probably far greater about Rossi's ability to function in the postseason. Last one here from Mike. He says, write this down. The Wild will win their next four straight games. The next four games. Next four games to the Wild. Buffalo on Friday evening as we're recording this. Uh, Dallas yep. comes to town on Sunday. Then the yep. Wild are home against New York Rangers on Tuesday. And then Ooh. they get they get Detroit in Detroit on Thursday. So Sabres, Stars, Rangers, Red Wings. Can the Wild run write, the table there, Judd? No. Write this down. They will not. They will not do that. Um, first of all, they're playing a back-to-back tonight against Buffalo. If they play the way that they did last night, they'll lose. Buffalo just kicked Toronto's butt. Buffalo's not good. Buffalo is better than Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a lifeless collection of people who who are. It is so, I think ironic fits here, Declan. It is so ironic that Chuck Fletcher and Mike Yeo basically have taken on a team that has taken on wild 2.0 status. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, because they've got wild. some players. Claude Giroux's a really good player. Yeah. And like they've got players. Um, who's who's the defenseman? Provorov. I believe he wears nine. He's a good player. Like they've got some guys, but my God, are they they lifeless? The building is empty. Um, the Wild has to play, I think, a superior game to what they did last night to beat the Sabres. Okay, so that's they should win that game. Stars, stars are weird. I agree with Declan. The Rangers, though. Rangers are good. The Rangers come out and play hard. I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, do not be surprised if Igor Shosturkin, the phenomenally talented goaltender for the Blue Shirts, wins the Hart Trophy. He has been unbelievable. You think he can win the Hart? He is a, he mm-hmm. is, I don't think, people who know a lot more than me, who I, who He's been I happen to tune into on a satellite station quite a bit, are essentially saying, he is very much in like the top three mix now to win the MVP of the entire league. I mean, I think he he's probably he's a, been that good. He's been a favorite to win the Vesna. I wouldn't be surprised there. But um, no, they're talking about the heart. Heart. Wow. They're talking about the heart. They're talking about a group, um, that has a few contenders. But yeah, Shesterkin has been that good. So, Garrett, uh, saying that they're going to go through the Rangers at the X, I don't know about that. And keep in mind too, the Wild is not playing as well at home as they previously were. No kidding. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to put cold water on this topic as I take a swig of my water, but I am trying to just caution you. Let's all let's all see how this plays out and realize the lucky the, the Wild was lucky to beat the Flyers last night. Yeah, no, they were. I Buffalo's not great. I wouldn't recommend you playing the way you did uh, again mm-hmm. against Philly that or the way against the way you did against Philly and Buffalo. You might still be able to squeeze out that win because Buffalo's bad. But yes, I they just need a stronger performance tonight. They need a stronger performance on Friday evening. Against you know those what they need? What's that tonight? Some really good saves. Mm-hmm. They need to get some gold goaltending. I mean, I don't care who starts. Stand on your bleeping head. Yeah. Give me confidence again. My confidence is waning. Mm-hmm. I hate when sports dads' confidence wanes. Give me confidence again. Uh, Judd, before we get some Vikings feedback here, yes. uh, we have we have a new sponsor on Mackie and Judd. And yes, we, we would like to welcome aboard the people at Valley Park Medical Clinic, which is dedicated to providing breakthrough ED remedies to men in the greater Minneapolis area. We are the only clinic in the state to use True Pulse Protocol, one of the most effective solutions for ED available. Our approach Our approach is that you will meet with a medical provider who will review your history, examine you, and supervise your treatments. Treatments are, this is all good news, surgery-free, drug-free, and non-invasive. The Valley Park Medical Clinic team is highly trained, will work with you in a discreet manner, and will make you feel at home so you can ask any questions in a uh, professional and confidential environment. The website is valleyparkmedicalclinic.com. That's Valley Park medicalclinic.com. 
Mackie.com. Welcome aboard to the Mackie and Judd show, which today is Declan and Judd. More feedback here on our Feedback Friday edition of Mackie and Judd. We'll have some Vikings feedback here after we uh, broke down some wild stuff. Plenty of more reckless speculation. And Mr. Husky says, I, and I have no relation to this man. I don't, I don't know if he goes to St. Cloud State. He could just be a Husky fella. But he, Mr. Husky's on our YouTube channel. So it's not you. It's not me. It's not, it's not me. Declan Goff. No. All right. Okay. Reckless speculation. I love this reckless speculation from Mr. Husky's here, though. He says, do you think we can trade this year's first round pick to Detroit or Jacksonville for their next year first round pick so you can try to get one of the top QBs in next year's draft? And would any of those teams be able to do that? Some reckless speculation to start oh. off here from Mr. Husky. Speculation. Okay. I love this. These questions, I'm tearing up today. Yeah, like yeah, I, I am I'm a emo- sports dad's emotional because it's it's almost like my kids are just like going to Harvard and Yale. This is the Ivy League of reckless speculation. So, I love the idea. Here's here's what I think. Personally, I don't think the Vikings are going to trade their first round pick and not have a first round pick because they have so many needs. They really do. Like, I, I don't think we are keeping in mind. There's this weird thought process that the evil Zim is gone. And like this team has a great offense and they are just going to hit the field running. Their defense is a mess. Their offense, yes, it's it's good. It's very good, but it still has some holes here. Um, so the fact is, I don't like the idea, Declan, of trading this year's first and not for a next year first from Detroit or Jacksonville. And now I don't have a first. But this is why we've talked about the various trade ideas that involve Kirk Cousins, potentially, that involve Daniil Hunter, right? So I love the idea of getting a two- 2023 first rounder in addition to mine, because if the quarterback class is as good as we've been told, you might say, okay, now I might not be in a position to draft one, but I can package two first round picks, go get one. Mm -hmm. So I love the thought process. I personally don't love the thought process of giving up the 12th pick. And now I don't have a first round pick for 2022. I also believe um, Jacksonville, who is now what? Two years in a row, they have had the first overall pick. Trevor Lawrence last year, they get it this year. Doug Peterson now coming in. Um, I, I can see Jacksonville potentially wanting a second first-round pick in this year's draft. I can, I can see that actually happening. Um, but I also sure. believe that Jacksonville next year, although is certainly not any lock to make the playoffs, won't be picking in the top five if everything goes according to plan this year. I actually think the Jags, if, if Doug Peterson coming in, getting more out of Trevor Lawrence, getting more weapons, having more cap space this year, they might be able to flirt with that six to eight win window, which is not a great season on paper, but it puts them out of that top five of the draft, which is where they've been the last few years. So yeah, it'd be be nice in theory if the Vikings could get a Jacksonville's first round pick next season. But I think that's probably going to be between seven and 15 and not in the top five where you'd like to be if you're able to get one of these franchise quarterbacks. But I'm, I'm right. not opposed to the idea of of trading my first-round pick to Jacksonville. Right, but if Jacksonville, like let's say Jacksonville for Jacksonville has a good season in 2022, and let's say they're drafting 17. Mm-hmm. And let's say that the Vikings are okay but not great, and let's say they're drafting 13th, okay? You can then put those two picks together right. in a trade to move up next year. I, but I want my, if I'm crazy, I I want my first round pick this year to start my improvements because your needs on defense, if nothing else, are pretty you know out there. Like they're in front of you. You need a cornerback. Mm-hmm. You you don't have you right now. You not only don't have a shutdown corner. Your depth chart is rather barren of of corners period. Yeah. So I love the idea of getting a 2023 first round pick in a trade ASAP. I don't think I want it at the price of, I then don't have a pick in this year's first round. By the way, Jacksonville, 12 draft picks in this year's draft alone, four of them in the first 70 picks of the draft. 
So there's plenty Rick of capital would have been here. Perfect. He would have been perfect there. Yeah. And now he's not going to get that job. No. He, he was going to get that job. And then they are like, oh, we're not going to do, do that. Doug so good. We're just going to have Doug run things. And so now Rick's not going to have all of those first round picks. He, he would have just started trading down. Right. 20 picks is my goal. Right. Shot 20 I, picks. Is I would, I wouldn't be opposed to it though. And I think Detroit's probably right. still going to be awful. I think the lions are going to be bad again with, if Jared Goff's indeed there. I love Dan Campbell walking around with those jeans on at the combine. I have no comment. Oh, God, I love love, I have no comment. Love some Dan Campbell. No. Uh, Some some Kirk Cousins feedback here as we roll on on on, on, on Vikings feedback on Mackie and Judd. Benjamin says, this is is very reckless. Reckless speculation. Benjamin says, tape a $25 million check to Kirk Cousins' picture. Send it to all the 31 teams, uh, 31 other teams with the subtitle, you want this and some idiot will pay him 20 million for a year and we'll cover the rest. So his, his thought oh, process oh, here is, oh. we'll also pay you to get rid of the quarterback yeah. and you can do that. What, what, what are the chances about. that the Vikings actually do eat some of the more, some of that money? Cause they have to eat 10, but regardless, I believe they'll, if they traded them, they'll have to for sure eat 10. But then how yeah. else do they round that out? Could the Vikings also swallow more uh, money if they were to trade away Kirk Cousins? Our viewers and listeners are so damn smart. I love, I love the uh, Mackie and Judd slash Purple Daily community. I think it's so much fun, and they're so good. And, yes, this, guy, this person is on the right track exactly. Uh, so here's the, here's the conundrum. And this is actually how a Cousins trade would probably have to work right now. If Kirk Cousins was going to be traded to, I don't know, take your pick, Carolina, let's say, because we at least know the Panthers have called. And Kirk Cousins says, I will sign a contract extension. You are the Carolina Panthers. You're going to pay me what I want, and I am going to sign on the dotted line. The Vikings would probably get off much easier as far as trying to help out with Kirk's current contract because now you've smoothed out the 2022 cap hit, right? Carolina's got him. Carolina's got a long-term solution in their mind, a quarterback. Good luck to him. The problem is this. If Kirk says, and with the way Kirk plays ball, my guess is this is more likely. If Kirk says, you can trade me, but I'm not signing an extension. So go ahead, trade me. But the team that gets me gets my current contract. And I'm not going to do an extension until I've been there, until I've seen the place. And quite frankly, I might just say, screw it. I'm going to hit the jackpot again after 2022. If that's the case, what was just suggested becomes the alternative. Now, the now the debatable thing there is how much of the cap hit and how much of the money do the Vikings pick up? So I don't know it's 25 or 20. I don't know. Am I 10? Take your pick. I mean, that's the debatable thing. But yes, absolutely. If the Vikings decide we are not going to pay Kirk, and we in fact think it's a bad idea to have a guy who is who is not about the team back. We want to get rid of Kirk because we are changing our culture. That comment right there is basically how you would have to do it, which is you would have to pay a team to take the last year of that contract with no guarantees. Kirk stays there, but I would assume that that team thinks they're in a place with Kirk to make a Super Bowl run this season. That, that's where um, does that make sense? Yes, it does. It makes full sense. Okay. Uh, I can see why money would be still attached back to the Vikings, but I also that that's why I've made the case that if you do trade them, and I believe this is on the record for write that down, the Vikings are still going to give up another draft pick to that team for a sweetener for you to obtain and take away Kirk from us. Because I, I do think at the end of the day, either you're going to have to eat some money, or you're going to have to even also give away a draft pick to make that kind of type of type of thing happen. The Rams obviously did that with golf. Is so it just just get we don't want them. Please, here, here's a draft pick. We don't want to have right. to deal with them. Right, right, right. You're right. So I, I can see, I can see that happening, whether it's with but money the, or draft capital. Right, right. I'm just, I just think at some point the issue with Kirk is this is going to become a game of do you want to keep him for one last season, probably. Um, and the problem the Vikings run into is. It's very hard to sit there, in my opinion, and talk about your culture and how you're going to change it and how things are going to change and blah, 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 and then have a quarterback who basically says, well, I don't care about you guys. Like, that's sports, right? Yes. Like, sports is – it's not – it's not um, it's not 
rotisserie baseball. It's not fantasy football. It's all also about chemistry and and as much as Patrick Royce hates the term about culture. So I think the Vikings are finding themselves in a little bit of a pickle here. And one way out is going to have to be potentially to do something that they don't really want to do, but it does get them free of Kirk Cousins. Uh, Matt from St. Paul says, I don't understand why Kwesi is so high on Kirk either. He hasn't been watching or he's just saying, or he's just trying to avoid raising any red flags for potential trade suitors but I don't think anybody is really buying it. What do you think of hmm. Matt's comment there of how Quasey interprets Kirk Cousins' uh, future with the Vikings? Well, I per- I personally think, let's see here if I can find this quickly. I was going to say, I don't know if I agree completely with Matt um, about Quasey. I mean, is Quasey or O'Connell going to come out and just flat out rip Kirk? Obviously not. Like, that's not standard working procedure. But at the Combine, when Quasey says flat out, we will do what's best for the Vikings and Kirk will do what's best for Kirk. That speaks volumes to me. Like that, that is right there. That is saying we talk contract and it didn't go well. Um, Quasey also said, I think it might've been in the side session as well. When asked about Kirk and the team and blah, blah, blah. He also said, everything is on the table. So is Quasi or Kevin O'Connell going to come out and say, Kirk Cousins is a selfish SOB and we can't wait to trade him. No. Is Kirk Cousins the type of player who you're going to rip because he's not good? No. So I actually think what Quasi said in a very politically correct way and a bit of a, you have to read between the lines way, Declan, I think it spoke volumes. Mm-hmm. I think it absolutely told you the story, it doesn't take a lot to get from point A of we're going to do what's best for us and he's doing what's best for him to point B of, oh, you talk contract, didn't you? I do find it interesting, though, that like Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, basically called out Carson Wentz. You know, he, he basically said, we're, we don't know what we want to do there. Um, I know I'm going to get a lot of questions about Carson, but I don't have a direct answer for you. We're working with it. You know, right, he, but, he kind of ripped them. And they're done with Wentz and make no mistake. Kirk Cousins, and this is this is the Kirk should come with a caution tag. The <laughs> caution of Kirk is he is, and I, I think that we both one thousand percent think this a better quarterback. Like Carson Wentz to me has become damn near a dumpster fire. Yeah, I agree. I, so like I, he's not going back there, and and I think that Chris Ballard is faced he's faced with the unfortunate conclusion that he made a mistake. Um. Kirk Cousins is productive. A lot of the things with Kirk that I struggle with personally are below the surface things that Quasi and O'Connell now are finding out about. Mm-hmm. It's the, I have to make top five QB money to which the response is, but you're not a top five QB to which their response is, we don't care. We want that money. Like this is much more, the Kirk thing is much more of a, of a trying to navigate around pitfalls. Carson Wentz, is a canyon. And unfortunately for Chris Ballard, he stepped off the ledge and is just free falling right now. With Kirk, you're like making your way and you're trying to find your way and it's difficult. Uh, but there's no guarantee that he's back. Uh, King of the North says, Kirk can ball. That's not the problem. He can't overcome extreme pressure from pass rushers. So his success is completely predicted on, on either the offensive line's ability to pass block or the play-action rollout plays that keep him out of the pocket. So mm-hmm. King of the North, obviously, uh, crutching to the fact there that the offensive line and then the play-calling are the things that are the bigger problems with the Vikings. It's not necessarily Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Okay, the offensive line thing we've talked about a ton. I've, I'm tired of t- talking about that. Um the play calling thing problem or issue that I want to see if Kirk is back is this Kevin O'Connell is going to empower his quarterback. He's going to give him a really good game plan. And then he is going to rely on him, especially a veteran quarterback to make the right decisions and to have options. Kirk cousins basically flat out last year said, I do what I'm told. That's great on the scripted plays. Probably. But once you get past the scripted plays, it's on you. And I will go back to what I said before, 
And I know that the filmies, the filmies struggle here because they watch the film and they go filmy and they're like, you, you're not watching the film. I'm Mr. Filmsy and Mr. Filmsy seeing this or that. Clint Kubiak did not walk into training camp last year. In fact, I'm going to use a prop here, Declan. With a notebook this big, full of plays. And pages 75 through 220 were check down plays. I got checkdowns, and Kirk, we're going to run checkdowns. You know who calls, who decides on the checkdown? The quarterback. Checkdowns will still be there, but if you just check down continually, you are never going to achieve what Kevin O'Connell wants. So I almost hope in that sense Kirk does come back because there's going to be certain things he thrives on, but I want to see the pressure put on Kirk's shoulders and then i want to see what the filmsies and and what the kirk crusaders the cousins crusaders say when kirk checks down it's partially why god bless him he seems like a great guy i'm not i'm not gonna bring back cj ham and i ain't gonna use a fullback i want to take away as many security blankets it's why i am actually concerned a little bit about Thielen's presence because there's a difference between being a really good player who is an option and being a security blanket. And there have been times where Adam has turned into, and this is not Adam's fault, but he has turned into a security blanket. And we've got a great clip, I believe, to, to play um, in which O'Connell at the combine went on with Pro Football Talk mm-hmm. and talked extensively and said what we've talked about, which is, make no mistake, Justin Jefferson is Cooper Cup. You know, we can talk a lot about Stafford's picks and what he didn't do well. But the last time I looked, Matthew Stafford threw the ball all the time to Cooper Cup. He didn't use his security blankets continually. So I'm just, I know that, I know that evil Mike the monster is gone. And I know that, that Clint and his, and his inept play calling are gone. But be very careful because I think the films he's got confused and thought the checkdowns were, were Clint. Mm-hmm. They weren't. They were Kirk. They were Kirk. I'm just saying, be careful in how much you think, and this applies to me at times too, in game that we know. And be careful who we blame. Because if you absolve Kirk, I'm going to tell you right now, one, you're in for a disappointment. Two. At Kirk's age, you continue to commit the same sins. Going to confession does not mean that you won't repeat the mistakes. It's true. Uh, last one. And that here. comes from 13 years in Catholic school. You get it. Last one here from Stephen. The need to build a top-notch roster should come first. Then you worry about the quarterback. Uh, and I think Stephen Stephen's accurate here. You the, you build out a top-notch roster, and then they worry about the quarterback. I understand what he's saying there. The problem is the Vikings have a quarterback who is paid too much, and it's hard to build right. out the rest of your damn roster. So I used to th- I used to think what he just said, I used to agree completely with that. And then I watched the 2018 Vikings, and they added what they thought was the final piece. And ladies and gentlemen, I know that we could come up with a thousand excuses John Filippo was awful. He was, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. John Filippo came here thinking he had a top five quarterback. The quarterback couldn't handle what Filippo wanted, and they realized, and this is where Mike got mad at John, they realized that they had to basically redo things for Kirk because Kirk was not capable. John Filippo acted like, I got Aaron Rodgers. I got Tom Brady. This guy's paid like that. Let's go. And Kirk said, oh, that's not how I like to do things. In fact, I'm not that good at a lot of those things. And it created problems. Um, we can we can bash everybody else on that 2018 team, but the reality is it didn't work. And that's all that matters. And so back to that point, I think you now build out the roster and like do – trying to identify the quarterback in the draft as part of the process. Because that's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot. 
The problem is bringing in the quarterback is sort of the last, the last, you know, the the piece on the top of the cake, the wedding cake, and anointing that as this is it because that guy's going to cost you too much. He's going to eat up cap room. And God forbid, as the Vikings learned, he ain't what you thought he was. You're in trouble. So I think my my philosophy now has shifted from agreeing with what he just said to saying, no, I think very much what Quasey uh, and O'Connell have to do here is they have to build out this roster and in the midst of doing that, also identify in this draft, in the next draft, up to them, their quarterback. Yep. So uh, it, it's... Difficult to find the next Patrick Mahomes, but you still got to take your chances. Take it's your difficult shot. to find, but keep in mind, you just hired two people who you have uh, you have empowered to do exactly that. Mm-hmm. Like you fired a large reason why why Rick and and Evil Mike are gone <laughs> is because because Mike Zimmer was ever. You know what I said in the middle of the season, fire them both, right? But this whole new narrative about the guy who used to be. I don't think it's our our audience, uh, but who used to be Viking Vikings Nation's coach, right? In Zim, we trust Zim's defense, and now all of these people are like, "Well, Zimmer was the devil. That he was the entire problem." Get over yourself. And again, the house cleaning must continue. Um, but the thing that we have to completely rely on here, and if they don't do it, they deserve to be bashed is that these two guys are going to find your quarterback. If they don't, I'm going to go after them hard eventually. But right now, I'm in total wait and see. Hey, they, they're they smart, right? Now, if they turn out to be Derek Falvey so far in identifying pitching, it's going to be some criticism coming. Well, no from kidding. some of us. From some. It's not going to come from it. I shouldn't say us as the royal we of the press in this town because that's not true there's going to be criticism that's deserved but until they prove they can't i'm going to have complete faith that the vikings are a change team and that they can identify the quarterback without without a real problem go ahead do it that does it for uh for feedback friday here on Mackie and judd phil Mackie, hopefully back in tow on monday we'll he better see. be back yeah all right well hold on a second are you are you being sincere with that, or are you sort of enjoying the co-host role? And no, I want him back. That, that it's okay. No, I, want I didn't him know back. if you. I saw that we had a mocked up. Mackie no. crossed out Declan and Judd, so I didn't know if you were like. I mean, I'm sort of enjoying. Self role. selfishly, I love any self promotion that involves myself. So yes, I like that fact. Uh, but no, I I I need him back here. I need I need I need Phil back. Like we more from back. an administrative standpoint or yes. a hosting standpoint. Both. Oh, so you just both. don't like having to do all the both. pencil pushing. All you're doing. Of, uh, yeah, both. Both. Phil, so like come the back. shows aren't the issue. For no, you. not at all. Not at all. Phil, come back. I need you back here, buddy. We will see you on Monday. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.